Welcome to the Marketing Agility Podcast, where we will discuss all things related to the growing field of agile marketing. This podcast is co-produced by Frank Days and the Agile Marketing Alliance, so that we can learn, share, and grow together. I'm Frank Days, and along with Jim Ewell, we will be your hosts for today's episode, the past, present, and future of agile marketing with our guest, Andrew Burrows. Welcome, Andrew. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, in this episode, we're going to talk about the adoption and evolution of the use of agile marketing at IBM, along with Andrew's point of view on the future of the movement, and his finally, his involvement in the Agile Marketing Alliance. Jim, you want to get us going? Thanks, Frank. Andrew, can you share with us how you got started with Agile Marketing? Where did you, where did you begin? So I should open with the caveat that I do not speak on behalf of IBM. <laughs> All my opinions are my own. Agile marketing. So it's quite serendipitous. I'm an accidental marketer. I used to make video games, and that's how I actually got my approach into Agile. And through doing that pretty badly in the um, 2007-2008 time, I started to get involved with lots of user groups in the area and building connections. That led to an opportunity at IBM. And I'll be honest, I was very naive. I had never worked at a company that size before. The idea that you could have a sub-organization of 5,000 people was not really something that even entered my head. So I dived in to solve a problem and found myself in the marketing org. At IBM, your colleague, Anthony Coppage, credited you with, quote, single-handedly building the construct for agile marketing at IBM. Pretty bold statement. Um, what inspired you to lead this initiative? You can tell you some marketing. Right. Um, <laughs> no, no, nobody at IBM does anything single-handedly. I, and I'd say that's the same for any kind of big organization here. So he's very, very, very generous there with his praise or his comment. You know, we had the opportunity within IBM uh, when Michelle Peluso became CMO to really try to do things differently um, and to really drive an agile way of working. And we made a few decisions really early on. This is this would have been in 20, 2017, 2016, 2017. Uh, a few decisions really early on about how we were going to do this that he's probably alluding to. We said we were not going to be framework first, right? That the, the people who would discover the best way of doing agile marketing would be the marketers who do it day in and day out. An agile organization is one where people, in our case, marketers, are exhibiting agile behaviors more frequently. And for us, agile behaviors were, well, the 12 principles of the Agile Manifesto, right? Can you see and hear those things actually happening? So our role would be, you know, stewards for that kind of behavior change. So all of our approach, the way that we set about the teams, the way we set about enabling the organization fundamentally came down to what is the difference between a marketing organization and an agile marketing organization? And how do we help the organization grow into that way of being? Another way we looked at it was to say, what is it that a marketing organization does, right? At its core, we believe a marketing organization is really almost behavioral science, right? That there are people out there who, whether you're B2B or B2C, there are people who may consider you, who may choose to buy from you, who may choose to deepen that relationship with you. So the goal of marketing is to increase the probability that they will decide 
to engage with you in that way. So clarity of outcome now for an agile marketing organization would be how do we behave in accordance to our agile values and principles and drive more of that kind of marketing outcome? So you end up focusing less on things like how many of our teams are um, keeping the standups within 15 minutes and more things on like, well, how should a product marketer exhibit more agile behaviors and how do you help somebody's job change to embrace more of those kinds of approaches? Andrew, I love the message and I love that you started with kind of trying to create an agile culture mindset or whatever, rather than with a framework. But IBM's huge, you know, 282,000 employees, I'm guessing five, 6,000 people in, in marketing. How did you get the word out and change the mindset and the culture in that large an organization? It was, it's incredibly challenging. I mean, I think one of the skills that you need to have um, working at a company that size is, is often just knowing who to talk to, right? When you have a problem because there's just so many people and it's so vast. When it came to what we were doing in marketing, we, we realized pretty quickly that the, a really successful agile marketing organization, everybody knows their place. Everybody knows their role. Everyone understands how they contribute to the whole. People understand how the, how the organization actually kind of works, right, as a larger item. So we had to, one, really work on how do we communicate um, the necessary information for people to operate within an agile organization. And we created brand new internal communication channels, right, and conduits for how we would establish and scale that. We also said, what are all the different roles in the organization? What does it mean for them to be agile? And how do we scale that approach? Which required not only some internal um, design work with the leadership around what that looked like, but then hitting the road. Over the next, you know, for an 18 month period of that transformation, we visited every single marketer in person, first in the US and then globally, um, where we held two or three day experiential meetings and workshops where people could come together to understand how they should actually do marketing within this kind of construct. We hit the road and met people face to face and we established that core messaging across. We also had, which um, I'll always say, we were very fortunate in that we had a CMO who saw herself as agile and would talk about it constantly. So you had that constant drumbeat of a message of here's our CMO and she's doing it, right? And senior leadership, maybe saying, we're not sure on how we want to do it, but we want to do it. So we had that constant top-down drumbeat, which really kind of, I would say, opened many doors for us when it came to getting down with people and helping them actually embrace it. We've had many conversations on the podcast over the years about you know, bottom-up versus top-down kind of motivations. And it's I certainly, in some ways, I don't want to say faster or easier to, to foment that change in the org if you get it from the top, but it's certainly that kind of leadership really helps. So when you're out there doing this, this, right, and you're out spreading the word, what surprised you most? One of the things that surprised me the most was how open people would ultimately be, right, to considering a different way of working. I had some hesitancy, right, starting this out. I, I would think to myself, there are probably people like, who's this guy? You know, I've been at this company for 25 years. I've worked my way up the ladder. I've 
I've gotten to where I am today by being quite successful. Who are you to tell me that I need to work differently? <laughs> and ooh, I, I would say that I actually found most people, the vast majority, to be very open and receptive to hearing there's potentially a better way of doing this. And my ears are open. Tell me about it. Now, in those situations, you have to make sure that you can actually say something of value that's going to encourage those people to embrace yeah. you and take you seriously. But I found typically the people are very receptive to hearing about this and, um, you know, regardless of tenure or experience or seniority or anything. Can you share with our listeners a specific success story, you know, something that came about as a result of this? One of the ones that actually I'd call out there as one as a particular favorite of mine would be, if you think of an organization, the large organizations or even mid-sized organizations, because a fair amount of collaboration with agencies that goes on in order to help get work done. There are a number of situations where the agency and IBM were maybe struggling to work together well. And at some stages, both pointing fingers at each other and almost saying, you're not agile enough, right? To help us actually steer this work through. Yeah. Now, what we kind of did in those situations was to acknowledge that you've got two groups who are working in their own way and doing their 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 thing to try to collaborate together to try this work forward and then you've got the the kind of dark matter in between them right their perceptions of each other how they're working together how they're driving that through so we were able through our approach to um work with teams and agencies and actually help them to start to gel and understand how to work better together through shared values and principles and through these different approaches that would then drive to these more concrete outcomes, even to the point where we would ask them to, you know, analyze the other, right? So that we create personas of each group to help them understand each other better and to how they can work together. Um, so you saw kind of efficiencies, right? Across all the different groups and different organizations and how they operate that would kind of lead to some of that, that, that you know, better overall performance. The other thing that's really interesting was IBM did an internal engagement score every year. And the engagement across marketing was, was not very good when we when we started. Now, I was always a big believer in, I think Ken Schwaber said years ago, scrum teams are happier and more productive. So one of the, the ways that we showed the measurement of Agile was we were to say our agility, which we measured through our own inter, internal Agile health approach, will make people happier through the engagement survey and more productive through marketing performance. And I can say that we went from one of the lowest in the organization to, I think, the highest in the organization in terms of engagement um, in two and a half years, um, which was an absolutely massive climb. And I believe had a lot to do with the cultural and working improvements that Agility brought. Regular listeners are familiar with me saying that in many cases, agencies, the, the process of creating a brief and a proposal and all the sort of waterfall artifacts that come with traditional marketing a lot of what even people are taught in school right is first you write a brief and then you put a price on the brief and then you execute against it and then you send in change orders and all the things that come along with that but in the end of the day you know we've talked to Roland Smart and I when we were doing the podcast for a while talked to a number of people who had some very interesting and very innovative agency models much like what you did is sort of break down those walls and break down a lot of that overhead that comes from uh, from having that old model, which is really designed maybe to protect people's margins and to protect people from bad behaviors. I mentioned earlier how it was 
serendipitous how I got into marketing because I came in to solve a problem. Didn't really think through the industry. Yeah. The first problem was we have all these people from different agencies. How do we get them to work together? And another thing that I've spoken at a number of agile events and frequently someone will come up afterwards, maybe a software engineer or someone who works in an engineer, you know, someone who works in an engineering organization, technical product side, and they'll say to me something like, isn't agile just agile? I mean, can you share a little bit about your point of view of why marketers need their own flavor of agile? I actually think at its core, agile is just agile, right? I mean, the fundamental values and principles should align whether we're applying it to software development or marketing or anything else, right? Because it's still people at the end of the day. I think agility is a people science. I think that one of the benefits that you get around how do we reframe and point this toward an industry is that kind of initial acknowledgement that industries are different, that there is some specialization in there. And here's how you can pass this Right, and apply it in a way that's actually going to resonate and be effective in the industry that you're part of. You know, I think a, a good tactical example of that would be during the um, actual transformation at IBM, midway through, I made the decision to stop hiring external agile coaches and instead grow agile coaches from existing marketers who were showing they had an affinity for agility. Because I would find that external agile coaches that came in would typically come from other industries and wouldn't have the same knowledge or sometimes respect, right, for an industry like marketing and would tend to bring with them a, it worked over here for this industry, so this is how I'm going to do it. Whereas if you found existing people who've done the work of marketing for years, to then put them in a position to say, how, how should you do this, right? <laughs> is yeah. this the right way of doing it? you get a completely different kind of thing on the other side. So at the end of the day, I believe an agile person is an agile person regardless of the industry they're in. But how you put that into practice um, is going to vary by industry and how you understand and pass things is also going to vary by industry. I have to echo that because I found that marketers, you know, they have their own background. They have their own language. You know, if... Mm-hmm. If you look at the magic manifesto for agile software development, it says something like working software over comprehensive documentation, right? <laughs> I mean, what's a marketer supposed to do with that, right? So, <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, yeah. so I think you're right. Agile is agile, but we all have our own language and approach and, and all that sort of stuff. And to talk to other people, you sort of have to and walk in their shoes a little bit. What do you see as the future of agile marketing? You know, like where are we now and where are we going? I am so excited to be to be in marketing, right? And and to be able to to look at where we're heading in the industry. Because so so I will share this quite openly. Agile and the what agile is and all a lot of the practices and approaches and definitions and thought leadership around it may have originated in software, but I believe the industry that is in the perfect position to truly be agile and take it to the next level is marketing. Because if you think about the technological advancements in what's happening as an industry, right? Our closeness and proximity to the actual customer to be able to learn, right? And all the myriad channels that are now available that you can do multivariate testing and A-B testing on so fast. Like think about 
you know, you've seen like DAO E, right, and the AI generated content, and how there are other tools out there um, that will generate um, not only visual content, but written content too, right? Think about how marketing can start to embrace a lot of that AI technology to do incredibly fast testing of the messaging and the narrative, right? And the actual content that we're using. And if you can get that kind of speed as an organization, where you're able to test and understand your marketing content with an actual audience, you can actually then start to feed that um, that thought knowledge back into the ultimate strategy for the organization, right? Around your products and your targeting and your personas. Here's markets we haven't even thought of, right? Here's areas that we could actually get into. Here's areas we're falling behind, right? So marketing could really become a powerful engine, right? For an organization where the learning generated through marketing is as valuable as the actual marketing efforts themselves. There was a report from Cognizant couple of, I think it was a couple of years ago where they looked at the marketing jobs of 2030 and it's kind of fascinating because you don't see product marketer performance marketer content marketer events marketer right you see things like haptic engineers right and um, customer journey Sherpa right and, and all, all these kind of different job roles AI bias ethic scientists right? <laughs> these different kind of roles and to me, this is so exciting because it shows the kind of evolution that the entire industry is going yeah. through. And none of those roles, you can't do those roles in a non-agile environment, right? You can't be a non-agile haptic engineer, right? These things are really tied through. So I think that it, we're, we're really poised and we should be thought leaders in the agile space um, by 2030, in my opinion. I see that you were a pretty early member of the Agile Marketing Alliance, along with Jim and, and Melissa and a whole bunch of other folks. What motivated you to get involved in the organization? So I'm a huge believer in community and that a strong community is like the tide that lifts all ships. If I could go back and just tell a, a personal story very quickly and segue into this. In my late teens, early 20s, and we're, so we're talking around late 90s, early 2000s. I was really into, I lived in the north of England. I was really into the music hall in Manchester. We were into a lot of, uh, we own the term emo bands. There were a lot of really good bands out, out there in, in um, the north of England, as well as across England. And I was obsessed with the emo bands in San Diego, right? And Gravity Records. And I'd look for who's playing at the Shea Cafe to discover bands. and. I trade vinyl records with the roadie from the Blood Brothers up in Seattle, right? And you had this amazing community and it was on you, right? If you wanted to hear a kind of, if you wanted to hear a band, you put the show on and you called the band in. If you wanted to hear a new kind of music, you made the band. If you wanted a certain kind of merch, you printed it, right? You put out records, you wrote scenes. It's on you as a person in that kind of community. And it was really about you. There was no preeminence, right? Bands went on a pedestal. I remember um, I was sharing a house with a, with a friend who would put bands on in the area and I'd get home from work and there'd be a band like Darkest Hour, right? Like just camped out in his living room because that's where they were going to stay. And everyone's just on the same level because we're all part of the community. Then it started to grow and it started to get really popular, which is awesome because you want to see your friends do well, especially your artistic friends. And then at some point it gets it changes, right? So the term emo starts to get used on the radio, and then it starts to describe 
bands that don't you don't recognize, right? Like Blink-182, right? And it starts to be kind of reappropriated and taken in a new and different direction that dissociates you from where you are. And I think back to when I started getting into Agile in like 2007, 2008, and you guys are probably on it. You had the, um, the, the Yahoo Scrum mailing list, right? You, and you'd have people like, Ron Jeffries rubbing shoulders with people like me who'd read Scrum Next People in the Trenches and we're now doing this thing and thought you could do this. And you had this amazing community and sometimes people would wrap you around the head with the back of the hand to get you back into shape, right? Now, why are you trying to contrast story points across teams? But you had this amazing kind of community and this ethic about doing it well and being about the person. And at some point, again, I think we shifted as an organization and we started putting processes and pedestals and certifications and pedestals and things like that. But I think we've got to take it back as a community, right? The way in which we do Agile today, the way in which we, we, we think about it has not been designed to work in 2030 and 2035 with where marketing could potentially go. And it's on us as a community to figure that out. And if we delegate responsibility of that to existing frameworks or organizations or something, then we're not taking control of our own destiny and our own future. We're not going to shape it the way we need to. So I'm a real believer in a true community of people, like-minded people that want to make this really successful and push this industry where it wants to be, um, to be that kind of thought leadership as we talked about. So when I heard, you know, I have huge respect for Jim, um, huge respect for Melissa. When I heard what they were doing, I wanted just to, to be involved in a little way to help because I, Anything that brings the community together and helps ameliorate what we do for the better future is something that I'd like to contribute to. What would you recommend to someone who's getting started with Agile Marketing? Where do they start? That's a great question. I think the first thing we should do is join the Agile Marketing Alliance community, right? <laughs> <laughs> Learn from everybody else and be, and realize that other people are in the same boat as them and we'll, are there to help them through. The second thing I would do is Read everything you can, follow as many people as you can on Twitter, right? Um, follow as many people as you can on LinkedIn, make those connections and see what other people are, are saying and doing and, and going through. And then the third one would be just be to just start, start practicing, right? Look for something that, that works um, or something that you think would work. It could be an existing framework like Scrum. Maybe you say, we're just going to do standups. Maybe you say, you know, here are 12 principles of the Agile Manifesto. I'm going to see if we can do three of them and just start and be open-minded about where we're going to go, right? Most importantly in that, bring people with you. Don't point down to people. Don't tell people what to do. Don't mandate that we're going to be agile. Ask people to go on the journey with you. Invite them to participate and learn together. It's always great to hear about the successes that people are having out there and the challenges and how people are trying to make it happen in the agile marketing space. I'd like to thank also our listeners for joining us today. If you want to check out old episodes of the Marketing Agility Podcast, you can stop by agilemarketingblog.com. You can also, if you have a story to tell and want to share it with our audience, we have a form on the site, fill it out, and I can reach out to you and we can find out if it makes sense. We are also still on iTunes. The feed is still feeding. Stop there, subscribe, listen to it on your favorite mobile device. And finally, visit the Agile Marketing Alliance website. Jim and Melissa and, and, the, and Andrew and others have done an amazing job of collating some, a really powerful array of assets. 
finally, thank you for joining today and please stay agile.